Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story is just in time for what? The beginning of the Olympics? Is the Olympics, the Winter Olympics launching right now? Yeah, I believe they started last night. I think the opening ceremonies were last night because there was a lot of talk of the propaganda that the Chinese were showing during the opening scenario. And there was a whole controversy of how NBC is going to cover it, knowing what's going on with the atrocities and everything, you know, balancing that with sports. And I know Mike Tirico made a comment during his opening commentary about the persecution of the Uyghurs over there. So I think there, I think that there's a little bit of... This is a way to get viewers to watch on NBC is by mentioning that stuff as well. So maybe he was genuine. I don't know. But the story that I'm talking about here is one that I think gives us a peek at what a world that is guided by ESG standards, environmental social governance standards, might look like. And this is a story out of the University of Pennsylvania. There was a letter written on behalf of 16 members of the University of Pennsylvania's swim team that was sent to the university and the Ivy League on Thursday asking that they not pursue legal action to challenge the NCAA's new transgender athlete participation rules. So this transgender athlete, Leah Thomas, who is the one who's just demolishing records and winning easily that a lot of the te- a lot of her teammates are upset with saying it's unfair there's a possibility because of the NCAA's new policy that could block her from swimming in the competition championships in March because the new policy states that transgender athletes will now have a mandatory testosterone testing starting this year at the beginning and end of the season and again 6 months later and this might prevent this athlete from being able to participate. So the university was going to sue to allow her to continue participating. Her teammates do not want her to. And in the letter, it says this, we fully support Leah Thomas and her decision to affirm her gender identity and to transition from man to a woman. She has every right to live her life authentically. However, we also recognize that when it comes to sports competitions, that the biology of sex is a separate issue from someone's gender identity. Biologically, she holds an unfair advantage over competition in the women's category, as evidenced by her rankings that have bounced from 462 as a male to number one as a female. Okay. Who now, wrote this? This is good. This is somebody, I think, a lawyer on behalf of 16 of her teammates on the swim yeah. team. Wow. So these are okay, her teammates. Because, because the biological issue isn't just about testosterone. It's about the musculature that develops in adolescence. Yes, which that can't be changed. You can't reverse right. that. This is what the world could look like under ESG standard world the World Economic Forum was. This is a type of action that someone takes in order to get equity, equality, when it comes to the social aspect of social governance. There's a lot of talk about stuff like this on the World Economic Forum website about transgender community, the LGBT community, which they always clump them all together as though they're one and the same, which they are not. Where do you think the World Economic Forum, the globalists, would stand on this? Do you think they would stand with not allowing it? No, with Leah Thomas. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So that's what I took away from that story, is this type of thing is where the corporations are shifting towards standing with Leah Thomas and the University of Pennsylvania. Yes. uh, I I just want to say about the 
Olympic stuff. Usually there's satanic symbolism or globalist symbolism yeah. in the opening games. I wonder if China will do that. It makes me crazy. The double standard, they act like the West um, issues the atrocities committed by others when we commit amazing atrocities all the time. And I, I would like, I'm going to get into Russia and China and uh, what they're up to with regard to the NATO Ukraine issue. I'm going to do that in the deepest dive of the day. Also on your transgender issue happens to be that today was announced or today's when I heard the headline that governor Nome in South Dakota signed a what's being described as a ban on transgender athletes and the specific law will apply to all state accredited schools in South Dakota. And under the law, if a student at such a school suffers direct or indirect harm as a result of the law being violated, they will be allowed to sue the school, uh, the association or the government that caused the harm. Now, I actually am against anyone not being able to sue anyone at any time for any reason. I mean, you can be thrown out for capriciousness on the merits of the case, but they, there's rules against suing governments and stuff, and I can't stand it. I don't even like arbitration clauses. I do not like that stuff. But anyway, just to show the juxtaposition of the arguments, and I, I really like the way that was worded, what you read. I think that's a because it's hard to sometimes articulate why you don't agree with these things and still not be a hateful a-hole. Right, because these are probably liberals. If you, if I had to guess, it's probably mostly liberal yeah, swimmers yeah. that are against yeah. this. I wouldn't be surprised. So Noam said, we are making sure that girls will always have the opportunity to play in girls sports in South Dakota and have an opportunity for a level playing field for fairness that gives them the chance to experience success. I thought that was uh, yeah. a good phrase. And then there's a human rights campaign senior council member and state legislative director, Catherine Oakley, said in a statement that inflammatory rhetoric used by South Dakota lawmakers in support of the bill, and there might have been, I didn't see it, Noam didn't use it, shows just how untethered Noam, who is not the one who used that rhetoric, Noam and legislators are from the realm, untethered from the realm of science evidence or reality i would say that she she just that can't be true governor gnome seeks to become the face of discrimination and fear-mongering by putting a target on the backs of vulnerable children who already fear for their safety and well-being leah thomas fearing for her safety and well-being i think leah thomas could probably handle herself what is she, 6'5"? If a bunch of girls on the swim team could try to gang up on her, it would be like the picture I saw of an elephant getting attacked by six lionesses. Yeah. They were just stuck like leeches on the elephant's back. There's like, no chance. Just... <laughs> yeah, this is not progress. Maybe six, but it was, yeah. It's crazy. They try and frame this as progress. They try and frame well, taking away opportunities from women <laughs> as progress. This shows they do not care about progress. They care about the appearance of progress, and that's what I was referring it's... to about wanting to look like they meet those ESG standards. I I don't even think it's the appearance of progress. I think it's whatever will get us away from what what connects us to a natural reality. But what I really think is or what it absolutely pertains to is remember when you highlighted Stacey Abrams trying to answer the question of what happens when you're made of an aggregation of different special interests and their interests start butting up against each other. 
Yeah. Remember, what was she saying? What did she say? Because this is women's rights versus trans women's rights, which are absolutely in conflict right here. Intersectionality, the one with the... It wasn't that. that, though. No, you... Well, I mean, that word was probably in the thing, but they asked her what happens when these interests conflict. You were all over this. I don't remember. I can't recall. And I think what she said is, suck it up and do what I tell you. Oh, well, yeah. Or some people will have to suffer, take a back seat. But it was a clip that you played because you had been talking about that. And then she actually came out and said it. It was such a reflection of what you had been saying. Yeah, that's uh, just do what we tell you. long ago. We were so far ahead of it that yeah, right. <laughs> I can't even remember anymore. But someone, I bet someone will comment and in, in the in some notes somewhere on Twitter or something and remind us. Yeah, and the ESG thing, these things are connected to funding. They're connected to grants. So UPenn, by supporting this as opposed to opposing it, is probably it's- going to be more likely to get international grants from people like Klaus Schwab. Okay, well, speaking of grants and funding, the CDC announced last month that they're in collaboration with the National Endowment of the Arts to support organizations using arts and culture to educate local communities about vaccine safety and efficacy. And the organizations that they're funding are going to include arts, culture, public health, higher education, and other types of organizations. And they'll work with them to create work that inspires people to go get vaccinated by providing accurate information, just like Jen Psaki said the other day. They always say that, provide more accurate information, uplift accurate information, so they can overcome (laughs) hesitancy and get jabs in people's arms. This is interesting because they are launching this newly some of these organizations are just now being announced that are getting this money so there is a continued vaccine push the amount of money that's being allocated to this is 2.5 million dollars across 30 organizations that are going to receive it so i think that's about eighty-three thousand dollars per organization something like that i am familiar with one of the companies that has received one of these grants in fact i'm familiar with two of them in the atlanta area they're both theaters one of them i've performed on their stages a number of times. And I know a number of people, I don't know the younger generation, but a number of the people that are there, I used to perform with a lot at a different theater. And I know some of them well, haven't seen them in a while, but they're, they're good people, good performers. However, what their organization is doing is they're becoming an arm of the propaganda machine because they have received part of this $2.5 million allocation to fight vaccine hesitancy. They've, they're one of the chosen ones. And What they're going to be doing is this is in partnership with the CDC. And as I said, the National Endowment, they're going to be building vaccine confidence by cutting through cultural barriers, cutting through vaccine hesitancy and cutting through misinformation. So that's what the world really needs right now. They need an improv group acting Mm -hmm. as an authoritative source on vaccine information. And that amount of money for an improv theater, even if it is 83, I don't know if that I think that's probably right. Eighty three thousand. That's a lot of money for an improv organization. What they're going to be doing as part of this project is they're going to be developing shows based around vaccine education. And they'll be resuming their live shows this month, on, you know, conveniently, to yeah, produce yeah. these shows. Yeah. And yeah. one of the types of shows they'll be doing is, you see, this is a typical improv type show. You bring in an expert or you bring in somebody who's knowledgeable in their area, and they speak, and I think it might be called a Laronde, if I'm getting that right. I don't remember exactly. But they speak, and then the improvisers go up, and they improvise based on what this expert has spoken with. So this isn't like a new format or anything. I've done this exact format dozens and dozens of times. But they're going to be doing this with 
health figures, with public health figures who are going to be coming in and they're going to be crafting Provax message and they're calling him a community champion, will share brief experiences from their life and work in public health. And the improvisers will then use these stories as inspiration for the improv scene. So we're going to see vaccine filled improv around Atlanta. Yeah, it's it's not. So science has now become a religion and an art. Yes. So yeah. they, t- they have the high priest you have to trust. You have the artists that make it real for you. But what they don't actually have is reams and reams of unassailable data and analysis. Right. Actually, I think it might be a day in the life. That might be the game that it's called. Here's what the guy said, who is the artistic director. He said that they hope to create an environment where people can come in and get some information about vaccines, and hopefully they'll become supporters of vaccination, then they can set up an appointment. So they're going to be, it's like recruiting for voting. Wow. They're be setting it up right there. And this is bribe. You tell that the organization. messed up. I know. You, you bribe these organizations who need money to get money, and they'll do anything. I think most of the people at this place are fully bought in, but- you know, this it, is just literally all these organizations, big philanthropy, government, everything is just a massive promotional campaign for a pharmaceutical product. Absolutely. Like, it's amazing to the point where it subverts art. It subverts foundational law. It, it subverts everything. It's amazing. I mean, I don't care if there are lizards or Satanists in Buckingham Palace or whatever. This is just blatant marketing of a product. Like there's more. I'm sure there's more to all this evil, but this is just nuts. And the fact that they have these dumb commie kids on, you know, the TikTokers or whatever on board with the biggest capitalistic beyond it's cronyistic, globalistic, uh, unnatural. It's just the craziest thing to me. Yeah. Wow. All right. So so here was something that was ridiculous. We talked about yesterday, talking about crazy and the media going along with it. Ridiculousness was when they said there would be crisis actors and false flags and propaganda videos coming out of Russia to justify their invasion of Ukraine. That was we were laughing. We were laughing. What I was amazed to see, it was tweeted at me, amazed to see that Edward Ned Price, the uh, the he's a political advisor and former intelligence officer. He was he was at the CIA, but refused to stay there uh, after Donald Trump took office. He's he's around your age. So and he is the spokesman for the United States Department of State right now. And he was giving a briefing and an AP Associated Press reporter named Matt Lee, veteran reporter. He just would not let this guy get away with saying that stuff because it was so ridiculous. As a matter of fact, Matt Lee, who clearly is not one of us, said that's I mean, that's what you're saying with crisis actions and stuff is so ridiculous. It's Alex Jones territory. And if you don't give us a shred of evidence, anything at all, then I'm not going to believe you. And the guy said, I'm giving you evidence right now. I'm declassifying this information by jawboning nebulous nonsense in your face. And the guy said, that's not good enough. He's like, what do you mean? It's not good enough. You've been in this business for a while, Matt. How could it not be good enough for you? And Matt was like, cause it's nothing. And ultimately he said, Ned was like, we don't tell because we don't want to reveal our sources. But it took Ned a long time. He was really on his heels. And then 
So didn't he say we'll print out a copy of the transcript for you? So that's yes. what he offered up as evidence. Yes, yes, in writing, like what the words I just blah blah to you, I could write them down on a piece of paper. This is what I used to say about money, fiat money. It's like you put somebody in a room with a box of green crayons and some printer paper, and you have them draw pictures of George Washington all over it. Like that's that's what our money's worth. That's what his crap was worth. But it definitely was making the rounds because this morning. So yesterday I heard that story straight. This morning I heard the story again. It was, but it was from John Kirby, who is the Pentagon spokesman, which is who is the person I was quoting yesterday. But today the soundbite on Fox headlines was Kirby saying, uh, yeah, this is our intel. As you know, we don't, we want to protect our sources and our methods. So we can't give you any more at this time. We can't give you any details. So they are front and center with the answer that Ned Price should have given three minutes earlier or four minutes earlier. I was surprised. I He was really uh, on his heels. Then, of course, Sir Tim was freaking hilarious. He's a tweep. Said that you could just see Jen Psaki get, just squeezing her hands so tight that her fingernails are cutting her skin and her, finally her coffee mug cracks under the pressure and i i think he says she was after ned ned is the idiot who couldn't stand up to matt but somebody let matt in that room and i just don't know where matt's been all this time i I wonder i haven't heard of matt before i don't know how he continues to be ap but they do these guys are true believers for the most part i did want to add a little something about What's really going on over there? RT, I was surprised, really surprised. Russia Today put out this really, really, really lengthy article from a guy on the ground in the Donbass and Donetsk, I think, which is one of the two provinces that really painted a dire picture of what's happening in East Ukraine right now to the point where a lot of people, uh, I, I don't know if I didn't realize this or if it's disputed or what, but a lot of people like actually want to go to Russia. Instead, they accepted the Minsk agreement which never really got implemented but what this guy was saying was that really they've been in a quasi state of war all of this time which i absolutely am aware of it has not been resolved he said on the border which is on the border of their provinces and ukraine which is the west they have like real little skirmishes and that's where the war kind of is and the people in the interior they they don't have they, they're in a war time but they're not in a war zone but like they entertainers and stuff. It talks a lot about entertainers and arts. Like they're taking a page from the World Economic Forum and they do that. They'll just, they'll take all the, you know, if you figure something out, they'll use it. I, I think that's true about Russia and the Russians. So he said the entertainers will get banned if they, in Ukraine, if they go to that, those little provinces. And this guy was just saying that there is absolutely no way they are going to be able to hold the line if Russia doesn't actually come in and, and help. He says the times of covert ops masked by the official narrative denying Russia's military presence on the ground are over. So that is what's been happening. Russia sends them weapons and stuff, but they were fighting the war themselves. They never sent any soldiers over and they would deny even that they were doing that. And this guy is saying that's over. If we get, if the kind of aggression that, that Kiev, which he calls Nazi, Nazi Ukrainian state, is threatening against us and is poised to commit against us, we will have no hope unless Russia comes to our aid, physically crosses the border into our provinces. So I I still think this is largely about the gas issue. 
if not entirely, but but if they get to that point, I mean, that is a do or die situation for those areas. And the fact that that's on the RT website makes me think that it will be harder and harder for, for Putin. It will be kind of costly for Putin to do nothing. So I'll tell you what, what ace I think that he finally played in the deepest dive of the day. All right. Fantastic. Well, before we get to that deepest dive of the day, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the DNBXR, which is celebrity deaths on the rise. And is this new iPhone feature convenient or dystopian? But before we get to that, I want to thank our sponsor of today's show, Truth Smacks. Truth Smacks is a delicious and nutritious trail mix blend that will not only satisfy your visceral hunger, but your hunger for truth, knowledge, and empowerment as well. Each bag of Truth Smacks trail mix is mouthwatering and supremely delicious and power-packed with vitamins, essential minerals, protein, and healthy fats. But what gives this trail mix its name is the Truth Smack that you, your friends, and loved ones will receive in reading the awesome quotes and the information that's printed on the packaging itself, and they get a mega smack of truth by clicking on the QR code on the back. What's more, this is the first ever trail mix infused with peppermint using 100% pure organic peppermint essential oil. Not a fan of peppermint? Not a problem. It comes in peppermint or original flavor. Both are supremely delicious and are available in 10 ounce or 16 ounce or the smaller 3.5 ounce size, which is perfect for small gifts and treats for friends and family. Use the promo code PROP. Prop Report 10 and get 10% discount at the checkout. Go to truthsmacks.com and give the gift of truth to your family and friends. It is so amazingly delicious. It's so delicious. It's ridiculous. And I happen to, by coincidence, put uh, one of those little three and a half ounce packs in my son's lunch today because he's now my poor son who has Down syndrome also now has celiac disease. So he can't eat gluten at all. It's terrible. So now I have to like pack everything he could possibly ever want so he doesn't try to cheat and i know he loves the peppermint flavored yeah. truth smacks so i threw him in there because then he won't if he's satisfied he won't cheat i like that you can give one to somebody and they open it and eat it and then they read it and then after they do it you go you just got truth smacked <laughs> and then you just walk out of the room Yes, I think that that's the idea. I love it. It's super cool and fun. Yeah, it is very, very And you cool. can always go to thepropreport.com and go up to the shop button at the top. And all of our sponsors are listed there. You can get to their websites and find the promo codes. Yeah. And also, if you want to help us grow the show, go over to Apple Podcast or whatever app you listen to the show on and leave us a five-star rating and some kind words for us in a review. Not only does this help us show up higher in the search rankings and grow the show, it also helps us combat the trolls and it just makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, which helps keeps us motivated. Thank you to everyone who has done that and the kind things that you guys have said. We appreciate it. We appreciate everything. Now on to our deepest dive China and Russia issued a joint statement on NATO expansion today. It said the parties oppose the further expansion of NATO and call for the North Atlantic Alliance to refrain from ideological approaches from the time of the Cold War. So they're saying it's what they're doing now is a throwback to the Cold War. That's not where we're at. 
It reads, as well as urging the bloc to respect sovereignty, security, the interests of other countries and the diversity. This is really interesting. And this is where my aha moment comes in. The diversity of their civilizational and cultural historical ways and to deal with the peaceful development of other governments objectively and fairly. So I had a couple of things. Um, Two things. Russia has a lot of natural resources and has a lot of land, and there really is no reason for them to fall in line with the New World Order that's kind of Euro-UK based. And so they don't, there isn't a real reason, but the only reason would be if they're too deeply entrenched with the global financial system. So that's the thing that I, I just, I don't know where they come out. But I feel like unless they came, so the way they undermine, like Ukraine, Newland went in, took out the democratically elected president of Ukraine and set up a triumvirate to control it, regardless of who was going to be the acting president, Yatsenyuk, Klitschko, and Tanibuk, who controlled factions in society and in politics. And they felt that they could control the country if they had those three factions under control. Now, I don't think it was that buttoned up with with Russia. They came in with Yeltsin, who was a clown and a puppet, and they set up a lot of oligarchs who, as we saw with Event 201, is how they exercise soft power. Yeltsin brought in Putin, who was a KGB guy, but he was young and and probably more competent than anyone ever really wants at those levels. So it is possible that this is one of those very rare cases, very rare cases where the guy they put in is fully rogue, like that Putin is a is a Russian patriot and he is just doing his best and and if and he's smart. So if he plays his cards right with it, with the energy and with Chinese alliances and even Germany, then this could put a, a, you know, inform my like perpetual question, what is the true power structure on earth right now? Like at what point, is there anyone at the top or is there fighting at the very top? And Putin's always the one who makes me think maybe there is some fighting. Now, China seems to be mostly in our, mostly cooperating with us. So when China comes in, I feel like there are factions in China. So I think China's like, okay, that's enough of that. I don't know. Um, and I want to talk in one second about the gas, the gas, um, deal that they just made. So China and Russia also just announced a gas deal. And I want to put that in perspective, but the real aha moment I had there when they made that comment, which is that you should respect the diversity of the civilizational and cultural historical ways of these countries. Okay. Mao was a Western set. I think communism in China and Russia were both the West undermining those really traditional cultures, those real like strong central control, but culturally and kind of religiously or spiritually consistent with the population. And I've been reading this book that Dean recommended. It's called John Courtney Murray. Time Life and the American Proposition, How the CIA's Doctrinal Warfare Program Changed the Catholic Church. It's like a thousand page book. So I'm only a hundred pages into it. I don't I don't have the answer yet, but it's already getting me to question what I didn't even realize was like a default democracy is better thing. Like the idea of having 
a constitutional monarch or a confessional state isn't isn't necessarily inferior to, to democracy and, and it may be better in maybe in this country you have to you have to have like a very non-restrictive federal government because we have a total melting pot at this point. So you can't have like a king or a priest or something running it. But the benefit, if you had a homogeneous culture to have like a priest, not a priest, but like a pope or a, or even like a pope that isn't, it's not geographic and it's not, it's not coercive. Like that's interesting too. But the idea of having a king who's answerable to the people. But what these guys brought up, which I thought was interesting, just that one line from the Chinese and Russian statement is that if you have a culture and a civilization or religion that has very strong standards, it's like very clear what the rules are. You can't if they if the guys on the top deviate from that, they really have no argument. People are raised to understand the values and the standards that are expected from those people. And in that way, they're kept in line because what you think about democracy is we keep them in line by voting them out. But look at the state of our democracy. We're 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 voting. We can't vote them out. Everything that we vote out gets replaced by the same thing or worse. I mean, it's just there's no solution now. And and. It's naturally polarizing or it has the potential to be polarizing by through corruption. It's something to think about. I'm just planting that seed because it's it really requires that you open your mind to question the most fundamental assumptions you were raised on. I bet I bet every little baby hears the word democracy before it even leaves the hospital it was born in. That's what I would think. Anyway, of course. I have a couple more things. Um now, in that, in that, they do pay lip service to democracy. They go on to say they want to strengthen dialogue and mutual trust, deepen cooperation, and defend such universal values as peace, growth, equality, justice, democracy, and freedom. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to big snaps to that. That just seems those like words just seem platitudes. so meaningless coming from yeah. leaders. Platitudes. So, uh, and like a, a a tyranny or a dictatorship or any of that is not what I'm I'm suggesting that that is not necessarily the function of a constitutional monarch or a confessional state Hitler was was elected democratically like you just can't you just whatever so uh now China and Russia announced a new gas agreement a 30-year gas agreement for 10 billion cubic meters of gas i assume that's per year that sounds like a per year number um if you think that the german russian alliance would be bad think of the russian chinese alliance that would mean that we would really be third in the world which is we, we better get ready because if and they they denominated this and their other stuff in euros so if petrodollars come rushing back that would so exacerbate our inflation problem and our nominal interest rate would go through the effing roof. And with $30 trillion of debt that that it could potentially bankrupt us, make us like incapable of trade, make our dollar, you know, greatly devalued in, in a year, in, in a year if it went on like that. So or if it went to where the petrodollar was no longer a thing and and my, it looks like it's headed in that direction. I doubt the germ. Well, I don't know. Petrodollars usually for oil, but um, 
and this is gas, but if gas replaces oil, you know what I mean. So anyway, the total capacity, just to put this into perspective, the total capacity of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is 55 billion cubic meters of gas per year. That's going to double the existing capacity from the North Stream 1 and ends up that they are the project between Russia and China that they're currently engaged in would end up being 50 billion cubic meters a year. And in the very big picture, Europe's gas consumption right now is 541 billion cubic meters. So it looks like Germany's buy from Russia is like 10% of that, about to be 20% of that. And China's is 331, but it's going to double by 2030. So it looks like China could outpace Europe's use of gas. And if they are buying it all from Russia, that would leave Europe out in the cold. And Europe is experiencing escalating gas prices last I looked. So anyway, I think gas is still at the bottom of it. But if China and Russia leave Europe behind, then Germany isn't going to be the problem. Very, very interesting. Is it? I don't know. Foreign affairs stuff is hard to, but it's, it is important. It's interesting if it's if it's on people's radar. I think that it's being put right. on people's radar more and more by the media. Why they're doing that? Well, I don't. The know. only reason I keep focusing on it is it's like COVID. In the beginning of the COVID thing, you didn't want to talk about it every day, but we saw what was coming. It was a World War Three kind of scenario. You got to talk about it every day as it emerges, and this is something that needs to be resolved. We just don't know what they're they're like trying to start World War Three, and they've started wars for less. They're trying to do something. Them putting the Russia, the Ukraine, the China thing in the news so much, featuring it so prominently right now, it's always an attempt to shift public opinion one way or another. What they want the public to support, the actions they want them to support, I can't fully say, but they're trying to shape the public's perception about whatever conflict is brewing up over there so that they can say that we asked for it. Okay, so then I feel like I'm doing a service, even if it gets a little dry, a service to get people to think that there may be other factors at play than what this idiot (laughs) was trying to force feed Matt Lee. Yeah, definitely. All right, we got any shout outs today? Just to the DPP. So if you're listening to this in a very short order, you could be having a cocktail with us and Legit Bat. Just go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and make sure you're a patron of the truth, a friend of the show, patron saint, um, any party level tier. Anything, the truth sponge tier is just if you just want the XR content and the other tiers allow for the cocktail party. So see you tonight. Fantastic. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to come to that DPP, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and sign up there. We will talk to you next time or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.